This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. So, yeah, you got your staff picks in late, but it's no big deal. Just, you know, had to chase you down. You know my schedule's tight. I'm in Portugal. And I had them all done the night before. I just wanted to wait in the morning and see if anything happened. But then the morning, I like I stayed up super late doing stupid NBA rankings of all things and slept in actually and uh, just whatever the time came. But you have them in so early, man. So so, so many a handful of games every week. I feel differently four days later. What about yourself when it comes to that? I don't feel that. I mean, sometimes I feel differently, and it's wrong. The, it was right originally, True. and I feel True. differently. You know, obviously you you get screwed by you know the just for background the staff picks goes up wednesday afternoon pacific time it goes up beating the book goes up super early in the morning wednesday eastern time because i'm doing it you know early afternoon late morning portugal time so you know it's like wednesday very early morning i'm already making my picks and i'd say like an average like one or two games every month get drastically affected someone gets hurt in friday practice or we found out that some injury that happened Sunday is way more serious than they were letting on initially. But for the most part, it doesn't really matter. It certainly hasn't hurt me the last year and a week now. So I'm, not, I'm just going to so, stay with it. We could also get locked in better lines. It could help us in that right. way, too. That's, yeah, but, right. but I, That's a good point. I, I was more so just saying preparation time for me. It's just you know so early in the week and, uh, and just whatever. As, as far as... Games, I feel like I have more information and I have, uh, you know, more of a, of a, say, confident feeling, a lean. Definitely those three days help is all I was saying. But that's that's my excuse because I am not on a heater as you are. But uh, two and three in the Super Contest, very disappointed. It could have been, been even worse. I mean, you demanding the Giants was just so frustrating. Dude, but uh, <laughs> The Giants was a bad pick, but I supplied four <laughs> picks and went two and two, and you supplied one and went 0 oh and 1. So let's figure out the uh, winning percentages. I, I, I liked my uh, 49ers. I should have fought harder for that. But I also admittedly liked the Broncos, and that would not have gone as well. That was a, definitely a donkey you pick. The but Browns, yes, the, you like the Browns. I mean, your picks were like just all losers pretty much. At least I Panthers, went two and two. Some of those fumbles, such bullshit. Like, it's, it's so annoying. Lost fumbles. Like, immediately two lost fumbles. One yeah, in that the was Red bad. DJ, DJ, yeah. DJ Less yeah, fumbled. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Eagles, though, I mean, they had that covered. I mean, they came back from 17 nothing, and they covered, and then the Redskins backdoored it with six seconds left. I mean, that sucked. We would have been 3-2. we got to step up our game, man. 2-3, and three, it's not a death sentence in week one. It's not like 0-5, oh but, you know, I mean, you can't screw around. I mean, yeah, we need at least a 4-1 yeah. this week. You know, yeah. we, we can't start getting – we can't start digging the hole that you've been digging in staff picks already. You know, we gotta yeah, we got to take this seriously. Yeah. 
Uh, especially since I used to said I usually like uh, week one. And speaking of the Eagles, Survivor, nearly three years in a row, week oh. one. I would have been right with you. So I'm not talking talking any shit here. I, I would have been with you three years in a row, week one. But you, you don't write the you column. You are only one of us that writes a column. Yeah. I, I write an advice column about Survivor. And if I lost the first – first of all, two years ago, I lost the first game. Not the first week, the first game. Uh, Thursday night. Th- I'm, yes. I'm, like I there said, There were I'm 255 out of 256 games left, and I was out. And then last year, I took the Saints. They were the biggest favorite, lost. And then this year, man, it was 17 nothing. And I was like, dude, this is just, this is misery. And it was really, you know what happened was they were down 17 nothing. Sasha came in to watch the games with me, and I was in a rage. But then I, you know, was happy that she was watching, and I was trying to explain. It's, it's very hard to explain. Like, when I was a kid, and I would watch with my dad or my grandfather, there was just one game on. It was very easy to explain what was going on and to pick it up. But when I've got like the Red Zone channel on and individual games on my laptop at the same time, and she's saying, well, who are your guys? Who are you rooting for? I'm like, well, it's complicated. I'm rooting for them, but I'm also rooting for them. Oh, wait, the game switched. Those guys in green. Oh, there's a split screen. I want the green here and the red on this other screen. It's like, how do you explain that? She doesn't even know the rules of football, and she's trying to figure out the multi-screen fantasy DFS. Not DFS as much. I did with Jeff submit one shitty lineup. But fantasy, gambling, survivor, it's just it's too complex. Yeah, yeah. I have the eight screens up and I'm dealing with the same thing with kids. And my daughter knows the name Jimmy G, but doesn't know what, you know, what I'm screaming at. And it's, uh, yeah, taking some getting used to, I don't quite go as nuts as I used to, but, uh, yeah, it's very, it's, it's intense and it's the first one, you know, it's been a whole off season. So it's, you know, we're not used to it. So it was very exciting. It seems like every single thing I, uh, predicted was wrong. It feels like, and, uh, just, uh, of course, a lot of frustration. I did, did survive survivor and actually won a little money and then 49ers won, but man, it just feels like, uh, everything I predicted was just wrong. How, how do you feel after week one list? I had a good week besides the super contest. Uh, by the way, we got to get specific about our terms for the Beat Chris List 2 bet. I'm first in that league after a week. Hot start, yeah. Yeah, and I've got Brady as my QB in like the, what, the 18th round or something like that, 16th round. I got oh, Brady. so frustrating at the time, too, and I had three quarterbacks, and I was so annoyed that no one would take them before you. I remember the guy at the turn needed a quarter, or I could have used a quarterback and didn't. And, uh, well, yeah, Brady, Brady wasn't Brady then. We didn't know that Josh Gordon was no, I know. You know, well, monster Josh Gordon, and we didn't know that Antonio Brown most likely is still going to be on the Pats. We'll talk about that in a second. But, yeah, Brady gained a lot of value since, since that draft, but it's just funny. Um, so what do you want to do, 100 and then 200 to the winner if, if someone wins the league? Well, you're off to such a huge start in the beginning. That's, uh, but yeah, okay, let's just do 100 then. Okay. 100, whoever has either more points or makes the playoffs. Yeah, okay, let's do the – yes, that's fair. Let's do that. Okay. Done. Okay. So we, we – that was basically – Talk, talk about Antonio Brown, though, man. I mean, this is just well, unbelievable. I want to talk to about the... it, but I, w- I wanted to get to something else first. Okay. I want to congratulate you because in one of your preseason articles, which I don't know why I read, but I did read it, um, you actually made this argument that Sammy Watkins huh. is somebody who's vastly overrated. And I actually was persuaded by it, so I moved him down like 10 or 15 spots. So thank you. you were, I just want to congratulate you on making a persuasive argument. Yeah. That was one of the, few, the many things I said that I felt got. Yeah, I faded him in my weekly rankings and my season long Sam Watkins. And by the way, um, even with Hardman's presence there, I mean, the hurt Tyreek Hill, like I have Watkins ranked eighth this week. I mean, even though I was down on him entering the year, I, I'm doing a full 180. I mean, it couldn't be a better setup how, how this looks. So. Yeah, I got that wrong. I was really down on Hawkinson, too. You know, rookie tight ends. Jesse James listed above him. And that, that offense is going to run and be the slowest. He looks like a monster immediately. 
Um, yeah, that, you name it. There's a couple. Of, I didn't really like Austin Eckler either that last week. And he was I didn't like Austin Eckler either. So, but. I mean, I love the Bucks uh, and I love the Niners guys. I had, I mean, just that, that was ugly, sloppy, just horrible offense. I have OJ Howard and Godwin and Winston everywhere in season long. So, yeah, I mean, join the list. But yeah, Watkins was not was not a great. I did have Lamar Jackson uh, everywhere, but that's about the only thing that, that Phil fell right. And then even in the weekly, I, I underrated him this week. But uh, that was a fun fun offense to watch with Baltimore. But you're right, Watkins, very much so wrong. So what's funny is in our draft, I was picking the 12th round, and I should have got Winston because I had Godwin and Evans in the second and third round. And I was like, I'll just take Alexander Madison. He's the clear backup. He's having a good preseason. I'll see if I can get Winston on the way back, knowing that I probably, there, at least it was a good chance I wouldn't. He got taken. I got stuck with Trubisky, but Trubisky was perfect because he played Thursday night, and I forgot that I got like a mulligan with him. Like I got to choose, set my lineup after the Thursday night game, and then I just took Brady as a backup, and now I've got Brady. Had I taken Winston, you know, I might have waited longer on the backup. I might have been like, oh, I'm all set. So like the whole thing. Yeah, that's what I was doing. Yeah, no, that's what like, I was doing. I thought Brady was like four rounds too late, but I was just didn't want to, whatever it was, third or fourth QB, whatever it was at the time. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, it, it, so, so, so similarly, you give me a hard time about the uh, Watkins. One guy that I, that I bumped up my uh, rankings and drafted him in my final draft and I missed the XM show, that primetime event, purely because you just had him ranked so aggressively and I trust, I don't know why I trust anything with you giants is Sterling Shepard. So where he was, he was falling way below ADP and you liked him so much. I jumped him above a couple guys I had. And uh, what are your thoughts on him after, after week one? Cause he's, well, I know he's, he's banged he's up. Concussed. Yeah. He's concussed. Uh, <laughs> so he's concussed. I mean, he had one. seven targets and he caught six passes. I mean, it's not like he had a horrible, it's not like they were like Tyler Lockett where he got two targets and you're like, what the hell? It's like he was involved. It wasn't an especially good game. I don't know. I, Eli was so bad. Like he was worse than I thought he would be. And there was some pressure on him, but not that much. It was just that Eli truly is so bad. I, I, if the sooner Daniel Jones takes over, the better it is for everybody in that offense. I mean, I, I just think Eli is, I think it might happen in one or two weeks because if they lose at home to Buffalo, especially if it's ugly, I mean, come on, man. There's only so much that the photos he has, Gettleman and Shermer, you know, and John Mara, can keep going so you know as much as i want to give the giants a hard time and that may be the case and it might all just be like which is exactly you know what part of the that was the the concern hold on one uh, sec hold on one sec sasha just came in hold on hold on sure you gotta go back what are you doing hold on hold on one sec hold on hold on no worries sasha what are you doing all right she, she was like sleepwalking i think she was still asleep oh, wow. it's so weird. weird she just kind of got That's... went on the couch in my living room I mean, in like the office, there's a couch in the next room. She just curled up in there. I was like, what are you doing here? She's like, I don't know. And then I carried her into the bedroom. She's um, never done it before? No. I mean, she's come out, but like usually she's like, you know, mama, you got to put me back to sleep. Okay. You know, yeah. and like she just, I just closed the door and left and she stayed asleep. So knock on so, wood. Yeah, that's interesting. Anyway, so what I was saying, saying is the Cowboys, you know, the closer we got to the season, I was regretting not picking them to make the playoffs uh, because they, they – I mean, that's a loaded team. And if Michael Gallup really is good, that, that team just could be you know, a Super Bowl, legit Super Bowl contender with right. a new offensive coordinator calling for the plays. I mean, it went from, you know, horrible to possibly above average in that department. So, I mean, that, that is one defense. But, again, Eli. Yeah, Eli. But Eli is just so terrible. And I, I – thought that like with the line being better and Shermer is okay as an offensive coach he's had some success I thought 
this will be easy. It'll be a lot of short, quick throws. And, you know, Ingram had his day. You know, Ingram had a good day. But they basically ignored Barkley for most of the game. And I know why they did it. They did it because, you know, your, your stat about stacking the box is funny because I mocked it last week. Mm-hmm. But I saw what was happening, which was they were just completely stacking the box because they just don't respect Eli or the passing game, especially with no Beckham. And Shermer knew what they were doing, and he was kept play-actioning and throwing. And it wasn't necessarily dumb to do that a lot because it was sort of like, all right, we're going to take what you give us. You're not, you know, there's going to be guys, Ingram's going to be open all day. They just want to do anything they can to stop Barkley. We're not going to just like run them straight into the teeth of the defense. But, you know, you're letting them take away your best player. And you just, because Eli's so bad, you don't really have an answer. You need one other answer. You know, it's fine. A team can take away a best player often. Not always. The Patriots do the best job of it. But you have to have like, okay, so they're going to really weaken the rest of their defense and put all their resources into this. Well, you got to have an answer for that. And there's just with Eli, there is no answer because he's, he's just so terrible. Did you see that rollout where he fumbled? It was fourth down. He rolled out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He could have got the first down. It was a good play call. It was, a, it was a play action to Barkley. Defense totally bit. Eli rolled out, naked bootleg. It's like, oh, you got a first down, but you got to immediately go there because it was like fourth and one. And he hesitated. And then all of a sudden, it was like he couldn't get there because the, the guy was closing quickly, the linebacker. And so then he tried to throw it, but then he ate it, and then he just got sacked, and then he fumbled. I mean, his fourth down, so the fumble didn't matter. But, like, what a nutless monkey. I mean, just fucking do something. Make a decision. You know, if he had just gone for it as slow as he is, he would have still made it if he was decisive. Or, you know, and, and if you're not going to run for it, you better throw that thing up at fourth down. You better just toss it up in the air. Let someone get a chance to come down with it. He's, he's worse than I even thought, and I have a low opinion of him. So, you know, that, that Shepard pick, eh. It might not be a good one. It's it's he'll still get his targets, but it's just a, it's just coming from a situation that's really bad, and of course the concussion's not helping. But he may not even miss any time. Yeah, it was an eventful start for Barkley. What he fumbled the very first carry after not fumbling at all his rookie year. Then the next one, a fifty-nine yard run. So that was uh, fun. What after one week of evidence, would you have a, any changed opinion over looking at like the big four: McCaffrey, Barkley, McCaffrey one, Kim- McCaffrey's one. Yeah, He's you one. take him over, even Elliott. And Kamara is so signed good. and everything. Yeah. Well, I, you know, in a, in a non PPR, I'd still move McCaffrey to like three or four, but like. You know, he got a plenty of carries. You know, he's the so okay. So I put this trivia question in my uh, East Coast offense column, the Sporkle quiz I made. There's only 14 times in NFL history that a running back in a game has had 100 yards. Sorry, yeah, 100 yards and 10 catches. And three of those Man. 14 are McCaffrey. Nobody else has done it twice. Yeah, that's so, crazy. I mean, yeah. you know, and then somebody was like Scott Barrett or somebody was like, you remember foot fantasy football and. Early 2000s, and all you had to do was draft Priest Holmes or Ladanian Tomlinson, and you know, and, and you'd have your league one. And you showed the points scored, and it was like Priest Holmes, like you know, Tomlinson 32.2 per game, and then Holmes 30 point, you know, 31 point something per game, and then McCaffrey in the last 17 games, like 30 point something. He's like third, or Marshall Falk was third, and McCaffrey is fourth, or something crazy like that. But he's scoring in a PPR format at that pace over the last 17 weeks or so. So. It's uh, yeah. No, it's, since since last year, there was last nine home games. Now he has like fourteen hundred scrimmage yards. Like I mean, it's it's out of control. I mean, over nine games at home, so yeah, fourteen hundred. And he he's and you know he's tough and he's he's breaking tackles and stuff. I I worry that if he starts getting the more rugged yards like he was getting week one, that he may get hurt. He's been totally, 
He's never even on the injury report. He never even gets up limping. I mean, the guy just is a, a rock. But he's also had, you know, his rookie year, and at least for part of last year, he was much more of a, you know, pass catcher, and he's avoiding, like, the worst of it. So I, I, I probably have him one in PPR. But Kamara, I mean, Kamara, the problem with him is you hit him in the open field, he's never going to go down. you got to wrap him. If you bump him, he's just going to get off balance for a second and keep going. And so, like, the problem is guys like to hit because, A, it, it's more of a blow to the – the guy with the ball it's more of a statement and deters them but b it's just easier if you're running full speed and the guy's running full speed to just crash into him than to actually slow down enough to like get your arms around the guy and tackle him right i mean wrapping up is harder in the open field at full speed than just than hitting somebody but hitting him doesn't work that's the problem so he's he just doesn't go down and so camara is just so good and Breeze is very skilled at getting him the ball. And I was down on Breeze, which I was wrong about for week one. And I, and I still think there's some things that are going against them, the lack of running and the run-first team. That was a game that set up as a really – they were behind the whole game. was a real pass-heavy game. But Breeze did not look like an old man. He, didn't throw, he only threw one deep ball, but he was sharp, you know, and he was, he was spry out there. He didn't, he didn't look old at all. So I ended up eating crow on the Breeze prediction. Um, yeah, and then what about uh... – so then where's Barkley and Elliott then right behind them? Uh, Barkley's like fifth. Yeah, Elliott's like fourth. I put Hopkins ahead of Barkley, I sure. think. Yeah, Hopkins so is just so ridiculous. I mean, so you know, you know that the Michael Thomas's can't guard Mike is his Twitter handle? He, mm-hmm. he, well, you can't guard Mike because he, he only runs like eight-yard routes. But you can guard DeAndre Hopkins. It just doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing. He'll just catch it anyway. And that's what's ridiculous about him is that he just runs the route. And if he's open, great. If he's not... Just throw it anyway and catch it. And Deshaun Watson is like, I mean, if if Pat Mahomes didn't exist, Deshaun Watson would be like the greatest player of all time. It's like Deshaun Watson. I don't know if you watch that game closely, but like that guy, I've never. He he looked as calm as Jay Cutler when Jay Cutler didn't care anymore. You know, he was like so relaxed with like people about to kill him and waiting to the last second to release the ball. I've never seen a guy so poised, so calm, so in control of everything. And just got his eye on the prize down the field. He is such a good quarterback, Deshaun Watson. I was, I just couldn't believe how good he was against the Saints. But uh, yeah, Watson, I have him. I bet him twenty to one and picked him to win the MVP. Obviously, Mahomes is the favorite, but before the season, so I'm with you there. And man, Hopkins is fun to watch. Anyway, you want so, to talk your baseball teams? I'm curious where you are or, or Antonio Brown's saga, which is just, I mean, it's it's it, Bill Simmons talks about the Tyson zone, where like people enter a zone where like nothing they do next would surprise you. He's for sure there. I mean, this is crazy. There's this one thing after another. It's just unbelievable. I, I wouldn't lump this in there. I, I think this is a mistake um, because but, this, ha- this happened two years ago. So it's not something that just happened. It's not like, oh, what else did he do? It's information that came out. And two, like the other stuff he did, like you can get on him. Like he quit on the Steelers. He burned his foot in that thing, idiotically not wearing whatever the proper equipment was. He got enraged at Mayock and went after him. He made the whole stink about the helmet. That's all stuff he can get legitimately criticized for and what the hell is he doing, whatever. But this... Did you see? Did you say sitting out week 17 with the playoffs on the line? I, yeah, I, yes, I did. I did. Sorry, sorry. Okay. Right. So I'm saying that like you can criticize the guy for all those things legitimately, but that doesn't make it more likely that this is true. It doesn't make it likely that it's false. Oh, it just sure. It's just not relevant to that, to this thing, right? Because even if he's an eccentric, weird guy who does crazy stuff, none of that stuff is like 
you know, harming another person in that way. You know what I mean? It's, it's not probative yeah. at all. So it's completely unfair to say, take a guy who's, you know, erratic, eccentric, crazy, whatever you want to call him, or just, you know, eccentric would be the, the benign way to look at it. And we just don't know. And then use that against them in something that's a serious criminal offense. So like that stuff is just, that's, that's sloppy thinking. Basically this happened two years ago. There needs to be evidence. It's possible that it happened. Nobody who wasn't there knows. It's only between them. There's text messages that she exposed and he was being a real dick. But then again, if she was extorting him, he was probably really pissed. And the text messages don't, they don't really, they're not probative of whether it was non-consensual, right? He was, he said some stuff to her, but it wasn't like it, he didn't admit or indicate that he did anything non-consensual. So where's the evidence that this happened beyond just the accusation? We can't have an accusation destroy somebody's life. Nobody knows what happened between them right. except yes, the right. two of them. And it, he might have done every exact thing that she accuses him of, and he might have done none of it. We just don't know. It may be completely true or maybe completely false. But that's why there needs to be actual evidence because otherwise anybody can say anything and destroy somebody's life. It would be very unfortunate if he actually did it and she can't produce evidence and then so he gets off the hook. That would be wrong, but we've sort of made a, a deal as a society that, you know what, we'd rather risk that people who do something wrong are off free if there's no evidence than convict people who did nothing wrong. We're, we're still trying to, you know, the, the state doesn't get involved. We don't destroy somebody's life without evidence. Even though we know that it's possible that they did the thing that they're accused of, it's possible. You, 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 ha you can't have a system where an accusation is sufficient. There must be evidence. Even while knowing that the accusation, even without evidence, could be true. Of course it could be true. And having said all that, what do you think is going to happen? It is going to play off that way. Uh, I you think, think if she doesn't knew that this lawsuit was coming. That's what I'm curious about. And he still signed it where this was a surprise to him. Both those seem, un both scenarios seem, you know, unlikely to me. Well, who went public with it? The woman? Yeah, good question. I, yeah, I don't know. So how, who, here, how here's, here's I mean, something I like saw it pop up, you know, whatever. Well, the, I think I can't remember exactly the source. What you said, Bill Simmons said initially that, you know, oh, you know, it's the Tyson zone, anything, and they're just lumping all the stuff together. Yeah, okay, so I mean, for, it, maybe forget that I said that because he's not even said this anything about Antonio Brown at all. Bill Simmons just has a term, Tyson zone, uh, okay, where an athlete okay, okay. does so then, something okay, so forget, crazy. So forget and you could wake up tomorrow with, uh, you know, rubbing Vaseline on themselves, running around naked, and you would not be surprised. Something like that. Like, there's nothing would reach that zone. So forget that I even said that. Just okay, well, what I'm saying is that notion, which I've seen on Twitter, not from Simmons, but from you know, lots of people being like, uh, enough's enough. Just get rid of this guy already. And it's sort of like basically. Well, he's on the pats me, now. I promise Simmons is the last one saying that, but on, right. what, what do you think that they, no. what do you think is going to happen to him? Liz? I get what you're saying that should happen though, but what, no, what, what, what do you what, do? What, is what I, what I think is going to happen is like with LaShawn McCoy last year, right? Like LaShawn McCoy is uh, accused of something very serious. Also hiring someone to beat up some woman severely. And, I thought he was seemed done. Seemed like he right? was done. Yeah, seemed like yeah, he was done. But yeah. apparently they looked into it and there wasn't evidence that he was really linked to that. It doesn't mean he wasn't or he didn't have anything. You know, thing is like people need to realize like just because if you say produce evidence and you can't, that doesn't mean it didn't happen. It just means that unfortunately like the burden of proof is on the accuser. You have to, you can't just, the, the, your word is not enough. There needs to be some sort of corroborating evidence. And I guess with, you know, with LaShawn McCoy or even with Tariq Hill, when they looked into it, the evidence wasn't strong enough to say, you're done. We're going to kick you out of the league.
And so maybe with Zeke Elliott was stronger because he got suspended, even though charges were dropped. He didn't get prosecuted. Yeah, I, I think that, it, you know, Belichick and the way they operate, I think they're going to say, listen, you know, we, we're aware of the situation and we're getting ready for week two. And if there's some legal process that, you know, if something happens, we're going to let the NFL and, and the legal process take its course. I mean, how can the Patriots be the finder of fact on this? Right. Yeah, no, I know. How, I mean, what, what are they supposed possible? to do? Like, I mean, what are you supposed to do as a team? Like, you can't just say he was accused because basically then makes your, all your players targets. Anybody's got a beef with them, they can destroy their lives easily. Just say something about them. But if you have evidence that they actually did it, then okay, that's a serious thing. That's the end of him. But you got to have evidence. And that, again, as I said, it doesn't mean if there is no evidence, it doesn't mean it didn't happen. It means we can't proceed as if it happened. That's it. Yep. All that, all that makes sense. Um, when our, our season long rankings locked, uh, the news was it looked like he was going to be suspended for the Raiders. And I kind of really aggressively lowered him like to the thirties and then immediately looked like he apologized. He was going to play Monday light Monday night. And then, and then I was like, Oh man, that's going to be too low. And now, now I look like he's not on a team. And then he looked in the perfect situation with the Patriots. And now who knows what a, what a volatile commodity uh, Antonio Brown has proven to be, but what a, what a nightmare he would be for a, a defense is if he ends up on that squad with a loaded, loaded defense himself. No, the Patriots just, could they make a run at 16 and 0 type season? It's way too early to say that, but it's, I mean, it's certainly, they look very strong and we can talk about this, we talk about the line, which is so crazy in this case, but, um, yeah, I mean, you know, their defense is excellent. They totally shut down the Steelers. They shut down the Rams to three points in the Super Bowl. Um, they seem to have found something, the personnel that they have, the scheme that they have. And then you add Josh Gordon, who looked – I mean, Josh Gordon is like 240 pounds, and when he caught that ball, the DBs couldn't bring him down, and he just kept going to the end zone. So that guy now is on the team. He's only 27 or 28. He's still, you know, in his late prime. And then you've got Edelman, who – as much as I slag Edelman for, you know, being sort of a, you know, a, just a guy, one skill that he has is he just doesn't give a shit. He just goes over the middle and just acts like those linebackers and DBs aren't even there. He'll just take the, he'll catch the pass and get knocked up in the air and roll up in the air and fall down, get right up, get another, the next one. He doesn't care. He's been concussed 25 times. What does he care? You know, he doesn't give a shit. Yeah. So, no, I mean, I, I, so he's a badass, you know, and so they got him and, you know, that's, you know, having a gritty tough dude is willing to make that play. And then you had Antonio Brown and Philip Dorsett made plays. Philip Dorsett was a first round pick. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you got Sonny Michelle had a terrible game, but you got James White. Burkhead looked pretty shifty. I think the Patriots are having a problem where the guy who doesn't catch passes, it's kind of obvious it's a run play when he's in there and, and Burkhead and White benefit a little bit from, they don't expect to run when those guys are in the game. So see how much I, I think Sony Michelle will be fine and they know they're going to have to play power football at some point but it's just a loaded team yeah I ranked him aggressively this week to bounce back um they totally loaded on one hand it's like oh these Patriots are, are bound to kind of it's it can't last forever and Brady's going to be 42 years, years old obviously being in that division precluded anyone from picking against them to to still dominate uh, as far as that's concerned but on the flip side 
what if they've been doing all this winning with playing, you know, left-handed? They're always seemingly suffer all these injuries, and Belichick still gets it done. You know, they lost their, what, first-rounder O-lineman last year for the season. He's back. And you add Josh Gordon and possibly Antonio Brown. Yeah, Edelman was suspended. Burkhead. Maybe they, you know, the defensive additions. You give this guy the personnel and the scheme. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Another 15-1 and 1 type just well, loaded Gronk type retired. dominant season. The greatest player. Yes, that's, yes that was the other, true. That was the other big concern. Obviously, but, not just but, age, but losing Gronk. But Gronk was not Gronk last year. No, and he kind of was in the – he was better in the playoffs. But, you know, there's some talk that he's going to, you know, he, that maybe he he'll come, come back. back. All in shape, too. You know, yeah. I know that's uh, that's a, a very very loaded team. And Antonio Brown, who knows uh, who knows what to. So you just wait and see. I guess is the is the takeaway I mean, here. My presumption is that he's playing. I mean, my presumption is that there probably isn't strong evidence. Again, I don't know what happened, and there could be no evidence, and that it still happened. So I'm that's totally out there. But what I'm just trying to say is that it's two years ago, and. There was no police report at the time. There's no criminal action pursued at the time. So everything that they're going to pursue criminally is going to be two years old. So that adds a lot more difficulty than if it happened two days ago. You know, physical examinations, things like that. That's all ancient history. They can't do it. So... Right, but the NFL the doesn't qu- really care about the legality. They just put them on the exempt list if they find wrongdoing, right? Or am I wrong? Well, the NFL, though, is sort of like a criminal court. Maybe the, it's not beyond a reasonable doubt. Like you're not getting, you know, before they take away your freedom, they get that be guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. It could be more of a preponderance of the evidence standard, yep. like more of a civil suit. But even so, they're going to look at it the way a court would and need evidence, right? They're not going to just take an accusation and say he's on the exempt list. And it would be totally wrong without police involvement, without, uh, without evidence to put him on the exempt list and prevent him from playing. They, they can't just do that on an accusation, right? Because then again... What they're doing is empowering any person with a beef with one of their players to completely derail their careers until it's investigated. And it takes time to investigate things. So I think there, there has to be evidence and maybe she has some, you know, maybe she has a video, a recording or a video of something or, you know, who knows, maybe she has a witness that's credible. I mean, that's all possible. And if that happened, he's not going to play. But my feeling is it's been two years and there's no criminal proceeding. I think he's going to play and I would rank him pretty much where you had him before. I think it's more likely to turn out like LaShawn McCoy, Tyree Kill, than it is like Zeke Elliott or worse, you know, somebody who is pretty much banned. Yeah, the preponderance of evidence angle is what I was uh, getting at. Uh, yeah. all, all that makes sense. And what, what sorry, it hurts, it would hurt Josh Gordon shares and Edelman, then I guess. If that's... I think it hurts Edelman a little worse. I think Edelman and Brown do. I mean, Edelman's really tough. I mean, he'll take more hits than Brown. Brown's more shifty and elusive, but. I think Gordon has just got this skill set that's sort of like he's like filling in for Gronk's role a little bit. And Edelman and and Brown will overlap a little bit more, I think. I think Edelman would get like 115 targets. Brown would get like 130. And Gordon would get like 105 or 110, but they'd be, you know, more downfield red zone targets. Seemed like the theme was uh, week one was just these speedy, often young wide receivers. Do you have any crazy fab stories or anything to talk about with the Hardman, McLaren, John Ross, uh, Marquise Browns out there for free agents? Do you want to give any fantasy football advice, Chris List? So my first beat, Chris List, not the one where I'm in with you, I actually lost. I was was seventh out of of 12. And my bench, uh, I had John Brown, Terry McLaurin, Marquise Brown, and one other guy who went off. McLaurin, Brown... 
and someone else huge. John Brown, Marquise Brown, McLaurin, and Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews. <laughs> Four out of, Did I get that like, right? Yeah, and then and then oh. the other guy that was in the picture that I, that I put up there was Traquan Smith, who hadn't played yet. And, of course, he scored a touchdown late in the, in the Saints game. Um, I have some of those guys. I have McLaurin in another league. I got McLaurin for 44 in the Wavos League. I went The second highest bid was like 15 or 20, so I, I guess I overpaid. But I like him the most. I think he's the clear number one, and I think Keenan might be okay. Put in for John Ross, who um, I have in a couple leagues too. And I think John Ross might have been that. John Ross was also on that team. I think I, there were six guys, and, and John Ross is one of them too. And he looks good, but AJ Green's coming back, and you know I, I don't I don't know you know I'd rather have McLaurin I think than John Ross. Yeah, I don't argue that, but good pedigree, John Ross, you know, and that a new coach. I mean, it could go he could go crazy, but yeah, yeah obviously could. I think more upside. But yeah, McLaurin, the volume should be there. Those guys are typically are, are available in the in the in the NFC and FFC leagues I'm in. What do you think they'll go for? I think they'll go for like three fifty ish, you know, something like yeah, that. Makes sense. Yeah, maybe sense. you know it depends what league but it'll be a range from like 220 to 400 450 yeah. Yeah. somewhere in there um all right so baseball real quick before we get to these games here uh what how are you doing the main event so no, sorry, the not main, main event the main the, the Chris well, the main event i'm in first place still but the dude eric Gall- galling or galing has basically cut it to like a point and a half or two points although now masato is caught up both those guys have no fab left and they've got dead spots i have no idea how they're catching up but well i know how galling is catching to do up. this year man you're not doing it right if you're not doing that uh, well so he's catching because he's got john flaherty james paxton and shane bieber and he needed pitching it yeah. good hitting yeah. and those guys are just i just can't even watch they're they're just killing me and then i don't know who's on masada's team but on my team i had uh, wade miley just kill me twice i had ryu who killed me a couple times and then now he's scratched this week so i got a zero so basically the, i have such a good era lead that i don't really need like the blows from Miley don't really hurt me that much. But the problem is that I got zero strikeouts in two outings. And then I got none for, I got a dead spot from Ryu this week. So it's, that's like 15, 20 strikeouts that I desperately need that I didn't get. So it's as though I had a dead spot and spent all my fab too, which I didn't. I got Gavin Lux in every league. Mm-hmm. He had a home run yesterday. He's not playing today, yep. but I had Chris Bryant who Chris Bryant. This is so This is the main event league. It's seven grand, right? So he doesn't play Sunday. And he doesn't play Monday. They say he, he got a quarter zone shot Monday. He might play Tuesday. Well, it's before Monday's lineup. I can't put him in. He might play Tuesday. He didn't play Sunday. He's been bad with a bad knee. Okay, so I sit him. I put in Dylan Moore, at least at a home run. Uh, but Brian hits two home runs yesterday on my bench. But, like, I couldn't play him, you know? And, like, Justin Turner's on the bench. I lost Jose Ramirez. I lost. It's like such a war of attrition. You know, somebody just, a lot of guys just lost Yelich for the year. Trout yeah. is out. I mean, it's just, yeah, uh, it's, that, yeah. it's insane, you know? So it's anyway, knock on wood. I've got, I'm the slight favorite in that league. I need to hold on seven grand. The other league I'm in seventh place overall and just trying to get the right guys in there. You know, I, I dropped Fulton Evich and he had a great start and he got a win and then he's going to second start, but he's, I picked up Drew Smiley instead and I'm nervous about Smiley. So, you know, you just, just start to start hoping not to get a blow up and, just hoping to get guys get on a run. That's all. Speaking of Miley, do you see the Astros scores the last three games? They were insane, like two blowouts and then get blown out. Uh, I uh, was facing fires in the first, you know, Monday of a head-to-head playoff matchup. Dude gave up nine runs and one inning, five homers. That was yeah. that was nice. But yeah, these these week-long leagues, even the playoffs, or if you're in a main event, 
Uh, it's very frustrating with the stars banged up. You said it with Trout and Yelich. I have Starling Marte in the league. I didn't know what to do with all this week. It's been frustrating. But I got Gavin Lux for $1 in my main event team to my final $1, I think. So I'll be rooting for him along with you. I've suffered some middle infield injuries. But so seventh, were you in first at one point? Do you fluctuate to get close? you still within striking distance for that big money? I got, the highest I got was fourth. Uh, I never okay. got the first. Uh, third place is only is very. I mean, I could be in third place at the end of tonight. I mean, I could be in third or I could right. be in eleventh. I mean, it's really tight, gotcha. like everybody around me. But second and first are a little bit of a jump. So I mean, I need to like have a couple good days, get into third, and like the top guys have you know probably have Yelich, one of them at least, and struggle a little bit. And then you know I, there's time, but the the leap from where I am to third is small, and the leap from third to first will be a little bit bigger. Nice. Um, all right, ready to talk week two lines and come up with five winners? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's, let's no more no more bullshitting. Let's get serious okay. this week. All right, all Thursday right. night. Um, won't be able to watch this game, but Tampa Bay plus six and a half at Carolina. Who do you like? Yeah, I made this line exactly six and a half, but I started getting the Carolina feeling, and so I took Carolina. I like the home team usually on the short week. Uh, I think that Carolina, I agree. I mean, your pick was horrible because it lost, but I thought Carolina probably should have won that game. They just, they were easily, they were at least hanging with the Rams and they just made some stupid mistakes. So I, you know, maybe Winston and the Bucks will bounce back, but give me the Panthers. Uh, I went with them as well. Winston just looks so bad, man. Ugh, just, just really brutal. But it's just one game. Don't overrate it, but short travel week, less than the seven. I'm with you. It's not Don't just lose. one game, though. I mean, he's done this a lot. Yeah, he lost his job to he Fitzpatrick last year. You yeah, know I mean? he like, looks truly bad. And like, why? Like, Byron Leftwich is the play caller. Like, it's, it's not Bruce Arians. So, like, I, I don't know, man. That situation might not be ideal. Um, all right. Next one. Uh, we got the Colts plus three at the Titans. Yeah, I took the Colts. I, Titans obviously beat the Browns. It was a good win. But I think the Colts are here to play, and they're not – they're not destroyed by the luck injury and they're going to luck retirement and they're going to show up. And, uh, I took the points. What about you? Uh, I did as well. I'm not sure. I, I sent these in without looking, reading your column. And I think I get a lot similar. So that's probably bad yep. news. Every you, single but. thing the same except Seahawks Steelers, which I almost took the Steelers Raiders chiefs, Saints Rams. That's yeah, it. And I, I, I totally sent that in blind and read it afterward before here. So yeah, that's bad news for you. Um, Chargers minus two and a half at Lions. Yeah, I you know I was like I'll take I made the line Chargers minus three, and if it were three, I think I would have taken the Lions at home. But two and a half is not quite enough. The Lions suck. Chargers are decent, and I need I need to be getting the full three if I'm taking the Lions. Yeah, I feel like Stafford's going to go down as a good steal and super flex, not just because of the good week one, but um, I know that team runs it slow. But if Hawkinson's also a monster. Uh, they have an interesting defense actually on the lines. That might hurt Stafford. That defense really is, uh, it may not be so bad. But Hunter Henry injured again. Um, I'm with you though. The two and a half different than the three. And I just don't like the Chargers when they're favorites by more than that field goal. So I'm with you and took LA. Did you write San Diego yet again? I see the slash in your column. No, that was just a joke. I just a can't joke. say okay, Los okay. Angeles. It just seems gotcha. so stupid. I'm taking gotcha. Los Angeles. That's not Los Angeles. 
<laughs> okay, so Bills minus two at Giants. I actually, uh, for the first time, maybe because I uh, hadn't been doing it so well, but I, I did. I guessed the lines beforehand, and I was surprisingly close with most of them, except this one. I had Giants minus two and a half, so I guess so I was off I. four, four and a half or five. But obviously, that matters the least, crossing the zero there. But um, so I guess I, I stuck with them. Uh, I, I don't. I just still don't love it, though, man. I, I am worried about the Eli factor, and Buffalo's defense is good, but. Uh, who did you like? I'm, I'm guessing you're a homer again. I took the Giants. Uh, I, I had it. I thought it should be two and a half. I think the Bills have earned the right to be considered the better team, even though a week ago I wouldn't have said that. But after one week of watching, I think, yes, they are the better team, despite a very erratic quarterback. But they don't deserve to be favored on the road. And, and I realize, you know, you're, it's still kind of a pick ish game, anything below three on either side. But give me the Giants at home. Bounce back. All right, and what about okay? I don't even want to. You want to use that one in super contest? No, no, hell no. Hell okay, no. okay, okay, okay. It was one All of my right. biggest Our, discrepancies, but you're right. The zero, it's a little deceptive to say that four points is a lot. If it was like, if you thought it was two and a half and it was six and a half, that would be a big four points. You know, this is not right, right. for sure. Uh, Cardinals plus thirteen and a half at Ravens. I took the Ravens. I just I don't feel that strongly about it. It's kind of suckerish. I can see the Ravens being up like twenty-seven to thirteen. And the Cardinals just getting like a, a touchdown with a few, you know, just some Kyler Murray acrobatics to get them a touchdown that was meaningless at the end. Backdoor cover scares me, but I mean, the Ravens defense is really good. It's at home. The Cardinals, this could be just ugly. So, and the Ravens offense now has a vertical passing game suddenly and the Cardinals are susceptible. So I, I laid the wood. So did I. I feel like a sucker buying high. On one hand, you know, the first three quarters of that Arizona offense, it looked extremely ugly. On the other, obviously, they bounced back. And um, there's some encouraging stats. Just how I think they were the difference between them and the number two in pace was the difference between the number two and the number 18 in pace. I think Cardi tweeted something like that. So just lightning, breakneck speed. And, and Kirk did really well in the air yards and all that stuff. So fantasy owners should be encouraged. But this is obviously a tough matchup. And playing the week after OT isn't great either. So I'm laying the wood and even leaning towards Survivor here for, for Baltimore. What, where do you lean in Survivor? The Pats. I, I don't think I can go away from the Pats on Survivor. Well, that is the next it. one, actually. This works perfectly. Pats minus yeah. 19, you late, you use the... I didn't realize it's right. It's going that high. I saw it 17 and a half. Minus 19 at Dolphins. Do you realize just how how bad Brady Brady's history is in Miami. I mean, obviously that shouldn't matter Sunday, but I mean, it is like he's seven and nine there or something. And it's crazy. His history in Miami. Yeah. I mean, I could change my mind and I already read the column. I said the Patriots for the no brainer. I mean, if you look at the Vegas money lines, if you believe in those as a barometer, the Patriots are 94% to win. The Ravens are 87 and the ownership mm-hmm. levels are about equal. Maybe the Patriots are a percent or two more. So it's like there's no pot odds play here. So just go with the team most likely to win. And like, yeah, Brady's had a bad history in Miami, but you know, those some of those Miami teams were like wild card teams or seven and nine. I mean, this team is like the two and fourteen version. And this Patriots oh, team is so one of the bad. stronger They're ones. So bad. They could lose. Obviously, it's five percent, you know, according to Vegas, five point five percent or something, but so it's you know, you wouldn't get an airplane with a five point five percent chance of crashing. So it's not like it can't happen, but I think it's safer than the Ravens. I mean, what if Kyler Murray just found, if they just figured it out in the end of that game and suddenly that offense is 100 miles an hour and it's really tough. Lamar Jackson, that was just sort of a dolphin-induced fluke, that vertical passing game, and they're, you know, they can't really get that going and they're ground and pound while Murray's like lighting them up. I mean, I think there's more case for the Ravens to lose than the, the Patriots in this one. 
No, no, that's totally fair. Even despite the home road thing, this Dolphins team's like mutiny. You know, I mean, they just—it's a total tank job. For talk about sixteen and zero, you know, they could go zero and six. They might even—they—they they definitely could threaten zero and sixteen. And but the Patriots are the say, one team that's not going to be like right. Yeah, they're not going to go in there like all like hungover and be like, ah, it's the Dolphins. Come on, dude, we don't have to take this seriously. Like that's just not Belichick will just not. It, he's not going to. It's human nature to have a little bit of a letdown because you know it's they're supposed to win, but. You know, they're, they're going to take this seriously. I don't know. Totally of course it's possible survivor. they lose. No, that's totally fair survivor. But now having said that, are you laying the 19 points? No, I'm taking the Dolphins. I, I you know, it's just too much. I, I put it 14 and a half. I, Jeff kind of screwed up because he told me the line was 14 and a half. I was like, that's about right, I guess. But then I, was, I guessed it'd be 15 and a half. I thought it would move up. And then I saw it was like 17 and a half when I did the guessing the lines. But then this morning when I wrote the column, it was 19. And I was like, this is not right. This is... 19 on the road, it doesn't really matter. You just don't take that. It doesn't matter what it is. I, I think it'll be, you know, Patriots will win like 27 to 10 or something. So um, I noted it before the season, but um, I'm going to mispronounce his name, but Jerry is uh, really awesome at snaps. Don Abedian. On wire. Yeah. Yeah. Really, he pointed it out in this game specifically that Drake, Kenyon Drake is just a really bad, if not the worst blocker in football running back. So maybe he doesn't deserve to be on the field. Because uh, he graded poorly in Pro Football Focus last year, I noticed, and during the offseason, and he pointed out this this week he was just dreadful. So that that could be an issue, and maybe it's not just necessarily the coaches being dunces. But uh, the yeah, I'm with the, you there. The, the Dolphins, like Fitzpatrick's a pro, and Devontae Parker is good when he's healthy and you know not in the doghouse. And Drake is good, and maybe not at blocking, but certainly at running and catching. I mean, they, it's not like Albert Wilson. They, it's not like. It's yeah, a he team got where you're out. like, who are these guys that can do anything? They could well, Gusecki, move the ball. Gusecki is like a monster athletically, isn't he? I mean, the tight end. So I think supposedly he's, they drafted him in the first round. I agree. Yeah. The, so the crazy thing, yeah, though, is, 19 points at home is so high. I mean, that's massive. I mean, that's if you ever see a line that I can't think of a line that big on the road. Never. I've seen home. The Patriots were getting the Patriots in 2007 were like 23 point favorites one week at home. So that's about the equivalent. But 19 on the road is just unheard of all right so you're taking the points there um what do we got next we have uh dallas minus five at washington yeah i took the redskins i I made this i think four and i was hoping to take the cowboys but when it got or maybe i made it three and a half and i was hoping to take the cowboys my barometer is like three three and a half that number at home is pretty big you know it's like nine nine and a half on the road and now it's five which means it's more like 11 on the road and I thought the Redskins, they weren't like the Giants. You know, the Redskins showed up. Keenum looked okay. McLaurin looked good. They seemed like a credible offense. They, they pass protected okay. Their defense isn't that terrible. So I, I, I'm, taking, I'm taking the skins. I think it was in that same Jerry uh, article he noted that uh, Keenum, despite the big numbers, was graded really poorly. So I think just that Eagles secondary could just be a massive problem. So I'm with you, and I took Washington to the points. But the more I think about it, this Dallas team could just could just run roughshod here, especially within the yeah. We're obviously against the Giants, and that's why I love their fantasy D. The more I thought about it, getting to play those teams for 25 percent of their schedule. So I'm with you, and when my official picks with you on the staff picks, but this is a for sure stay away for me. I could see Dallas covering. Uh, Jacksonville plus eight and a half at Texans. Yeah, I took the Jaguars. I'm obviously the new QB is a little bit of a concern, although he played great, but that's, you know, half during a blowout. So I don't want to read too much into that. The Texans had a Monday night game in, it wasn't overtime, but it was a dramatic loss on Monday night. 
short week turnaround, play a nasty bunch of physical, nasty players. They couldn't protect Watson against the Saints. I think like Jacksonville will pound it with Fournette. They'll make a lot of short throws. The Texans defense didn't seem that good. Give me the points. Yeah, I even earmarked it as a possible use uh, for Jacksonville, but it's kind of going ugly and contrarian. But, I mean, Minshew is just who knows, you know. But he did look good. The things I've read on him, it seems like he's pretty accurate possibly. So, um, I don't know. I'm with you on all the all the sentiments you said. And Watson's banged up. I don't think that's going to be 100% that back. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't know. Divisional game, I can see taking the points. Um, yeah. uh, next up, Seattle plus four at Pittsburgh. So Pittsburgh looked terrible, got killed. Seattle won. They didn't look good doing it, but they won. So I assumed, like, before the season, this line would be three, Seattle plus three. But I was like, it's probably going to be three or maybe two and a half because the Seahawks won and the Steelers got crushed. But I was like, I kind of want the Steelers to bounce back. So I'll make this line three and a half. So if it's three or two and a half, I'm on the Steelers, happily laying the three or the two and a half. But the line is four. And I was like, wow. They, like, completely ignored what happened to the Steelers last week. And I'm like, at four, I think I'm on the Seahawks. I didn't want to be on the Seahawks. But I was just sort of like, look, this, this should be like two and a half, three. I was willing to go to three and a half because I have the same feeling everyone else apparently does. But four is a bridge too far. So I took the Seahawks. Yeah, as you mentioned, this is one of the few we have different. Um, I just buying low, selling high type. That Seahawks secondary could be a, a problem. So this is, it makes sense. Seattle, these teams are equal. Like I totally get everything you're saying, but this just seems like one of those setups where uh, I'm going to take the home team. Um, next up, 49ers, my 1-0 49ers. Didn't have a road win all of last season. Recorded more interceptions Sunday than they had all of last season. Still no respect. Plus one and a half. I kid at uh, Cincinnati. I'm getting too much respect. Too much respect. That's why I said I kid. Plus one and a half at Cincinnati. You looked way better with the coaching change, although it was the most nutless monkey punt of the, of the week uh, was recorded there. But still, what are your thoughts on my Niners versus Jeff Erickson's Bengals? I like the Bengals. I I think Zach Taylor seems legit. Like the fact that, I mean, how much of an idiot I know, I know Ross was hurt the first year as rookie year, but Marvin Lewis is like, we drafted this guy ninth overall. He runs a 4 2 2. We're just not going to throw deep balls to him. It's one of I the mean, fastest 40s ever, right? It's like, it, it is was ever, the fastest right? 40 ever. Yeah. It was number one. That's you got tough. the fastest guy of all time. He was picked ninth overall. He was in his second year last year. He was healthy most of the year. And you're just like, we're not going to throw deep to this guy? Like, what? I just don't even understand. Like, why? It's not rocket science to be like, oh, yeah, we have this guy, John Ross. Let's throw some deep balls to him. That's what he does. That's why you drafted him. Like, what are you even doing? So it seems like at least Zach Taylor's got it straight. They, Andy Dalton strikes me as one of those QBs that is in the vast middle. Like, he's not terrible like Eli is now. And he's not great like, you know, Mahomes or Watson. But he's one of those guys that if the conditions are good, if the scheme is good, he's going to be pretty good. So I think he's actually competent. The Niners are just sloppy, and like I don't really know who's good on them. They, they can't figure out who their receivers are other than Kittle. They already lost uh, Coleman, and like Breida's just a guy. He's pretty quick, but like he's not a great pass catcher. Raheem Mostert, I mean, I just don't see really what they're doing there. So I like the Bengals. I, I thought this line should be three, and the fact that the Bengals are only getting one and a half was an easy call. Right. So uh, on one hand, if you take away, if you added those two Kittle touchdowns, you know, we had two kind of very shaky defensive or uh, offensive holding touchdowns taken away. Jimmy G, those drives in with that. Instead, Garoppolo has a 115 passer rating and things look good. But 
those plays were called, and I watched with my two eyes, and he looked, did not look good at all. I know it's his first game back coming off the tour in ACL, and I know you love DVOA. The Niners are ranked one in defense after week one. My boy Witherspoon bounced back in a big way. But mostly I'm with you here. This is sloppy is a good way of terming the, the Niners right now. And 10 a.m. body clock game coming off a, off a win. I mean, how is this team used to success? Not at all. Whereas the Bengals played a tough game, but they still lost. So I like the setup. So I actually made the Bengals my best bet this week. So I'd, I'd push to use them. Okay, I'll use them. Sure. All right. Uh, next up, we got the Vikings plus three at Packers. Yeah, I just I like the Packers at home. I I think it's a good uh, sell high in the Vikings, and Aaron Rodgers knows this team, and Green Bay's defense looked pretty good against Chicago. I think they will uh, make Kirk Cousins beat them. I think they're going to not let Dalvin Cook run them over completely, and I think Rodgers versus Cousins that's going to be a game, especially in Green Bay, that Rodgers wins by three at least. I agree. I feel like this line should be three and a half, then it would be tougher. But that, the, the only not even more than that key line at home with Rodgers, uh, yeah, give, give me him. It was extra time to prepare, too. Um, all right, the uh, Chiefs minus eight at Oakland. Uh, there was some athletic uh, article, I forgot who wrote it in the offseason, it was comparing home. It was more comparing like the difference between their home field advantage versus how they are in the road. So it wasn't exa- exactly a measure of home field in itself. But the Raiders were number one, I believe. So they play much better at home. That Monday night game without the A-B circus, obviously, that nice upset. So banged up Mahomes, no Tyreek Hill. I'm personally laying the points, but I think this is another one we're different on, right? Yeah, I made this line six, which would be, you know, like 12, six and a half, maybe 12 and a half or something if it were in Kansas City. The Raiders looked okay. And unlike you, I think John Gruden's a good coach. John Gruden won a Super Bowl. He also took another team to the playoffs a couple times that was not a good team when he arrived. He obviously knows how to coach. I mean, it's coaching is coaching. And uh, By the way, the, like, Antonio Brown, it seemed like to me, it seemed like he handled that well. Like nothing to do with his fault whatsoever. I mean, I don't right. know what he, he antagonizing to, him and all that. I don't even understand that at all. Right. So he, he, I, you he know, I give Gruden a hard time with you, but that was zero his fault. No, he did a great job. He, he, what he did was... He never alienated the player. And he got every chance he had to get the player. Didn't work out. Moved on. It didn't cost anything. The team rallied around it. He got the team up for the game, and that was that. There was no division, no split, nothing. And, and he, he okayed that YouTube that he released. He said he thought it was awesome. It's funny. And you're right. He had his team prepared to play Monday night very, very well. No, no question. Right. He, he didn't let it be a distraction. He, he didn't, you know, and he didn't get into it. He didn't make it an authority thing. You know, you're not listening to me. You're defying me. He didn't get into that. He just, he handled it. I, I think he's sharper than people think. The guy got paid a lot of money for ESPN. You can, he was just, I didn't love him as an announcer. He was okay. But he's a savvy guy. He's not, this guy is not a moron. And not that getting paid by ESPN means you're not a moron, but it just means that obviously been successful at every stop and now he's coaching again and okay, he inherited a crappy team. He got some draft picks for Cooper and, and uh, Khalil Mack and he's rebuilding the team. Let's see what happens. So I, I think he's competent. I think the Raiders look good. I think the Chiefs will win, but this is a tough road so, you know, there's a lot of points to lay on the road against a division rival, especially with your quarterback coming off an injury and your best receiver out. I think the Chiefs will win by seven. Yeah, I like KC here. They're just so good, and they're going to maybe rewrite the history books, just record books going crazy. Uh, and, and short week for Oakland coming off a win, a team like that, it's tough to get up again. But, um, yeah, a big home dog, a divisional game, I get it. I'm, I'm certainly on the sucker, the more public side. A uh, couple things. This will be the last game ever in the NFL featuring an infield dirt. 
And I don't believe Oakland plays again in Oakland until week nine. Something insane because of the game in London and then buys and obviously it's a long time. They probably but, uh, did that on purpose because they wanted to right, minimize because, uh, the use yep. of the baseball yep. field. Exactly. Ooh, and next one. Okay, this is obviously game of the week. Um, uh, Saints plus three at the Rams. And I think we're different on the, this is the third one. So I, I have the Rams, the home team. This spread just seems normal. But interestingly to me, you actually have this one with conviction. Yes. I made the Saints minus two and a half. And I made oh, the Saints my best yeah. bet. I think they're better than the Rams. I think that, okay, I'll give you a couple things. One is a quarterback. I don't love Breeze for fantasy, but he's definitely a better real life quarterback than Goff. I don't even think it's close. And I think the Saints' weapons are better. I think, you know, Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara are better than anyone the Saints, the Rams have because Gurley's not himself. And then throw in the fact that, you know, Jared Cook's there. The Rams don't have a real tight end. The Saints' offensive line is just as good as the Rams, if not better. The Saints' defense is on a par with the Rams. I think the Saints are the better team. And the other thing that happened is the Saints and Rams both know who should have been in the Super Bowl. And not only did the Rams get luckily gifted into the Super Bowl, I had the Rams in that game with the spread, so I was happy, but it was bullshit. Not only did they gifted their way in the Super Bowl, but they didn't show up. And you got to feel the Saints like, we would have done better. We would have won. You know, they feel bad. And both teams know who should have been there. Both teams know what happened. I just think that's a bad, that's just a bad background for the, for the Rams in this game. It's like, you know you got lucky. And I just, I just think the Saints are going to win this game outright. Traveling on a short week, that's a tough task. And how dare you mention Rams and tight end when there's Everett, Mr. Top 10, fantasy. You're in big uh, trees. hope Olsen's Dude, back is a Tyler problem. Higby signed a contract like day after I made that dumb bet with you. So well, also, Higby, it's yeah, Olsen getting nine targets. I know he's yeah. hurt at least, but yes, I, I'm I aware that that. It's like such a joke. That bet was so foolish on your part. So bad. So bad. I, so bad. I get used a hard time about Olsen. I just like thought of a name, any random name. I right, came up with right. a poor one with Everett. You didn't think that one. one through. Hey, but you. <laughs> You got, you got overlay on the uh, Texans Colts bet. Right, that's right. So the the, the official odds uh, those should have been what? Two and a half to one, and I'm only getting two to one. Okay. All right. So you you the Saints, and you 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 would like to use them? I'm guessing, I'd use the yeah? Saints. Yeah, I, that's my best bet. Okay. So oh, one other thing I'd say, um, not you know we all know Breeze is home road splits, but just just so you know, uh, Jared Goff uh, last year eight home games. 22 to 3 TD to INT ratio, 9.0 YPA. So just uh, he performs a lot better in controlled conditions, which they'll be Sunday. Uh, next up, we have Bears minus 2.5 at Denver. Yeah, I like the Bears quite a bit. I think the Bears, they ran into a tough Green Bay team that I think will be there. You know, I picked the Packers to win the Super Bowl, I mean, to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl, NFC in the Super Bowl. And real man picks them to represent the AFC, though. That would be a real man pick. You're, 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 you're predicting realignment midseason. That's, that's a real man's pick. But uh, So I think that was just a tough matchup and a team that knows them well. I think the Broncos with Flacco are not serious. Maybe Vic Fangio is a good defensive coordinator. Is he a good coach? He definitely should not have uh, kicked that field goal. I'm taking the Bears. Yeah, that's all fair. And this is actually good. reminding me to bring this up to you, that we need to – especially since we have more leeway as far as the proxy for the super contest, which it worked, the system, it, luckily it did work. I was worried that the, you know, it was all new, but um, the, the line is going to matter here. You know, if this is bears minus two and a half, you know, let's say let's use it. And it turns out to be three. That might be the difference. Yeah, I, went, I made the line should. three, three was where I drew the line. I was like, if I'm getting, there's one other game like this, you know, if I'm, if I have to lay the full three, I'm out. If I'm getting less than the full three, I'm in basically. 
So I'm totally with you here with Bears, but as far as super contests, we're, we're definitely got to play the lines more than yes, that's right, that's right. I won't, so, I won't do it. I won't use it at three. Okay, so Sunday night. So this one looks great too. Uh, Eagles minus one and a half at Atlanta. I like the Falcons. I, I think they're much better at home, and the Eagles are a good team, but. No way should the Eagles be favored on the road. It should be like two and a half. That's the line I made. It was like the Eagles are a little better, so two and a half. Minus one and a half? No way. Yeah, I don't love going against the Eagles, so I picked to win the Super Bowl, but it seems like everyone's really down on the Falcons. And they're, I mean, Matt Ryan was a lot worse last year in week one, and he bounced back, and they're uh, much different at home. So I would actually consider using this one. Um, I'll mark it at least. So last one, Monday night, Browns minus two and a half at the Jets. Yeah, this one I would use also if it's less than three. I think the Browns is a terrible game, but Jets suck, and the Browns should be good. And I think Mayfield will light them up, and it's just just forget about last week. It was a sloppy, crappy game for week one. Anything less than three, to me, this is a gift. Yeah, man, I'm a little worried about the offensive line, as is the rest of the world. And I wish the Jets had hung on and won last week but i'm with you sure and if it's two and a half we could use it i mean mayfield just whatever the final score of that game is i actually did a double take i didn't realize it was that until uh it's like wow it's so out of hand but um it was ugly but you know robinson kicked out immediately and then the backup left tackle getting hurt immediately and nick chuck talking about things going wrong you know i mean uh what uh, not? I like Duke Johnson. You know, Carlos Hyde looked good. Uh, you know, McCoy looked pretty good for Danny yeah, Hall, Damian Williams really at all. Danny Williams had all the broken tackles in that, though. But yes, yeah, and but then the other one I was going to say, Chubb. The one thing it's like he had the highest, greatest percentage of goal line carries per his team since he took over last year of anyone, and he loses a goal line carry immediately to a rookie who's first and only career carry. I mean, it's just, just, just trolling me, dude. Yeah, but he proved he couldn't do a goal line. Hilliard proved he couldn't do a goal line carry without incurring a concussion. One. Yeah. So that's the end of that. All right. So uh, what, what? So right now, I, I like Bengals, and you were on board with that, right? I'm on board with the Bengals. It's your best bet. Uh, don't screw yep. it up this week. We're definitely taking the Saints. Yep. And then I think we agreed on the on the Bears if it's less than three. And right? Browns. Yep. yep. And the Browns if it's less than three. And then there's one more. I mean, I know you want the Jaguars. I'm very dicey on that. I like Falcons, the setup, but Falcons? I don't love it because it's, okay. you know, the, the Eagles are actually good. I would use the Packers. Okay. I would use the Packers. And I wouldn't really, as much as the Dolphins are the right play, I, I wouldn't, I'm scared of it. I don't want to use it. I'm like, Dude, I don't yeah, want to be I stuck could, on that. Uh, I kind of like I it, see though. The, I could see the Colts. I, we could use the Dolphins. Real man uses the Dolphins. Yeah, that is interesting. Uh, let's see what that, how big that line gets. Okay, but, but could, basically, for now, we're going to use the Saints, the Bengals, the Browns, the Bears, and either the Jaguars, the Dolphins, or the Packers. How about that? Yep, perfect. Jaguars... Okay. Dolphins or Packers. Yeah, perfect. Okay. All right, cool. And the Colts would um, be sort of – Colts and Panthers would be sort of backups also that I could use maybe. Okay, I'll write that down. Yeah, I like Panthers too as backup for sure. Um, all right, cool. Good deal. Um, do you have anything else? Uh, what, what else in the political spectrum or anything? I think uh, I, didn't, I don't have too much to, to say myself. So I uh, saw the Chappelle show. Oh, yes, yes. And I get what the controversy is. I, I agree with some of the critics that – I mean, I'm not like offended by anything in comedy because it's a comedy. It's not like it's, he's not he's not serious. It's a joke. Or if he is serious, you know when he's serious. 
And it's not that I was offended. It was just like, it wasn't that funny. The sort of non-PC stuff about gay people and about child molestation. It was like, it was like shock. It was like trying to shock you and push your buttons, but it's sort of like, eh, it's just kind of like Lucy K already did that and did it much funnier. You know, to me, it didn't really move the needle and I wasn't really laughing. But, you know, to me, it's I'm never going to be like, oh, my God, that's so terrible. It's just sort of like, okay, it's a comedian not really landing the impact. It's not impactful. You know, he didn't really get it. But I did like a lot of it, like, toward the end. Like, I liked (laughs) – this is is terrible. But he said, said, yeah, you know, with this uh, opioid epidemic, you know, he's like, I I feel you. I understand what you're going through because that was us in the 80s. That was us. And now I understand what you were feeling then, which is, I don't care. You know what? Just say no. Just say no. He said that. And I thought that was, that was pretty funny and pretty yeah. like, it was harsh, right? But it was, it was kind of like, you know, it was, there was truth in it. Like nobody, you know, it was always like, just say no was the message, you know, to black people in the 80s. And like, that's a harsh message when you look at it, you know, through the other lens. It's a harsh message. That was a really harsh message. Um, no, totally. Yeah. No, I so so I thought that that landed and like a lot of the other stuff was really funny at the end and, and it was good. I liked it. I thought it was good. I just, I agree with some of the critics that some of the gratuitous non PC stuff was sort of, it's sort of lame. It, it just wasn't that funny. Yeah, and he said, like, you know, it started talking if he was born in a Chinese body and the transgender. He's not not great. Yes, gotcha. That that's all fair, but glad overall you enjoyed it. And yeah, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't it, like, oh, he's fine. too it's offensive. It, it's it can never, all be it's, true. It can all be but, true, you know. It doesn't have to be black and white. It can all be true. All that be you know, some of the stuff was a little you could see where the criticism you well, know, I, I just that. I just don't think you should be criticizing comedians with like, oh, that's too offensive. Don't go there. To me, that's a well that's, just don't yeah. watch. It's comedy. Like you can say anything. I feel like it's like comedy is like the most freedom of speech you ever have because, you know, you're not, you're not holding yourself out as like the, a statesman. You know, it's one thing if a politician says something super offensive or a newscaster or a journalist or something, that's a different thing than if someone's doing it on the stage as a stand-up shtick. You can't, you can't, you, they can't put those two things together. So I feel like they were off base to criticize them for the offensiveness, but they were on point to criticize him for the sort of lameness of some of it. It wasn't, it just didn't really. Gotcha. No, that you know. makes total sense. Yeah. Not that. Yeah. It's They're not funny. It's different than just the last thing we need in society. Yes. The last thing we need in society is people censoring comedians because they find them offensive. Any comedian other than like Dane Cook, who I find offensive for just being terrible comedians, I find offensive because they're just not funny and people think they're funny, but Honestly, any comedian will offend somebody pretty much. Any good comedian is going to offend somebody probably. And so it's sort of like you just want whoever's the most vocal to shut down comedians. Like it's a terrible, terrible idea. So I thought he was kind of bold. He, the stuff that, that was controversial was kind of dumb. But he, you know, when he went up, he said he made fun of the audience. He's like, I do you know, impressions not very well, but I'm going to ruin your life over this one tweet you sent. He's like, that's you. That's you. <laughs> that was badass. You know what I mean? Cause that's how it is. That is just not a good way for things to be. And I'm glad that like, you know, he's willing to like go out there and just, and go against it. He, and overall I thought it was a good, a good special. Cool. Good. I'm glad, glad you enjoyed it. And all those takes uh, make sense to me. Um, yeah, and I recommend everyone to to check it out. Uh, the uh, you see a 74 year old uh, gave birth to twins, uh, reportedly the oldest person ever. And uh, speaking of old, I um, I saw Metallica in concert, uh, the first ever 
deal at the Chase Center. So I checked out where the Warriors are going to play. And they were with the San Francisco Symphony, um, kind of a, an album they recorded live 20 years ago. And that was pretty sick, man. It was pretty, pretty fun to see Metallica with a full-on symphony and checking out where the Warriors played. But um, that's yeah, all I, I have. For I you saw this Metallica. Week. I saw Metallica in the Meadowlands in 1989. Oh, nice! And there was no, there was no symphony. There's a symphony of some metalheads from New Jersey around me, smoking. I don't know what, but uh, anyway, it was a good concert then too. Yeah. No. I, yeah. It was. Uh, I, I had fun myself. Um, and uh, yeah, I was going to ask you uh, anything political, or you you had some sort of thread that you liked on Twitter. But I try to check out your feed before I do the, the pod. But I, I didn't get a chance to read it. But it was like a private in- equity something that you found interesting. You want to talk about that or anything else? List the floor is yours. Well, I'll talk about this quickly because I live in Portugal, and I just had like this weird abdominal thing. I didn't know what it was. So I went to the doctor, and he's like, "Ah, eh, it could be this or that." Um, he didn't think it was too serious, so he gave me a bunch of blood tests. So the doctor visit was fifteen bucks, fifteen mm-hmm. euros which is like 16 bucks. And we pay 200 a month for insurance for the whole family, the three of us. And there's no deductible. I just paid 15. The insurance covered the rest. So it gives me all these blood tests to get just in case I go to this place two blocks from me and I hand in the paperwork and they took an ultrasound. Didn't find anything. The ultrasound was uh, 41 bucks and the test was like 25 different tests came out to another. Sorry, the, the, the tests were 41 bucks. There were like 25 tests and the ultrasound was like 12 bucks. So it was 53 euros or whatever for the, all that stuff. That's it. That's the end of what I'm going to pay. And I'm like, yeah, if I have any sort of concern about my health, no problem. I'll go see a doctor here. No problem. You know, that's like, that's 50 bucks here, 20 bucks there. Done. If you have a problem in the U.S. like that, that'd be two, three grand because you haven't hit your deductible. So, you know, it's like, I'm not going to go to the doctor unless I'm vomiting blood. I'm not going to do it. I wouldn't have gone in the U.S. No way. So that's just the background. So this woman uh, tweets out that basically private equity has bought a lot of medical practices. And I know a guy who's a surgeon, a plastic surgeon, and, and some guy invested in his business and expanded it, right? So like they, they come and find doctors like, oh, you've got a successful practice. Let's invest in this. And they, they own these like, you know, hospitals and doctors and practices. And so what's been happening a lot, and they've done this on purpose because like they figure they know how to do it. One of the things they do, there, there are several mentioned in the thread, but one of them is that they uh, insert a lot of out-of-network doctors into because Medicare or insurance companies only only reimburse like a fraction of like what they actually bill for, so they insert like the anesthesiologist you know who's not in the network in the network, the network hospital, the network office, and so you you know have an emergency or something you have appendicitis and they got to remove your appendix and you're having surgery that well the anesthesiologist is not in your network everyone else is because you you checked while you were you know in agonizing pain or you know already in advance. So you go and you get a couple of bills from the anesthesiologist and some other person who was not in the ambulance or whatever is not in your network. And then they're like, oh no, you owe us 14 grand. You know, your insurance doesn't cover this. We're out of network. And, and they engineered it that way. Like, cause these people, these like, these totally useless MBA types have figured out how to milk more money out of the people who are needing medical care. And it's, it's just obviously not only immoral, but just like, fuck you. And I was thinking, like, not only uh, not coming back to the U.S. till those people, that scourge is eliminated from the system, but if they did that to me, you, you know what happened with Orbitz when they tried to charge me because Heather yeah. accidentally booked it? Dude, it would be like that times a fucking thousand. Like, I would fucking make sure that that dude personally never had any job ever again, ever. I would just relentlessly, 
I, I can't even tell you if, if somebody tried to bill me because I was like in the hospital and I was, you know, not able to know which anesthesiologist, you know, and it was out of network and they tried to bill me like 10 grand for that. The, the chances of him getting paid by me would be negative a million percent. There, there would be no chance. The chances of him not being the most reviled person on the planet when I was done with him. It, it, I mean, you have to understand like how disgusting that is. And that's just routine. That's business as usual. And if you ever get a bill from an out-of-network provider that you didn't consent to because you were in the emergency room or whatever, do not ever – just fight that to the death. I mean, I am, I'm not kidding. You know, that is like someone coming to your house and stealing your money. It's worse because they did it while you were sick and unable to defend yourself. It's right. like someone stealing your money from your home. You're just going to let them get away with that? No way. No way are you going to let them get away with that. You know, and, and so like – and I've gone in when, you know, we had a really crappy uh, experience in the emergency room. Sasha had to go because she had a fever and she had this mild, they thought it was a seizure. I don't think it even was, but she got taken there. And then, and the ER doctor was horrible and all stuff. We had the school pay for the ambulance. We went in personally to the medical thing. We complained about the doctor. She was scaring Sasha. She was cursing at the nurse in front of us. She's a horrible person. I wasn't in front of me. Heather told me because I was on a plane. I couldn't do anything. Anyway we got most of the money back. Like I would show up in person every day. I mean, I would be such a nuisance. You could not even imagine if they tried to do that to me. No way would they get away with it. And every person who gets treated that way needs to behave that way. They need to make the cost of doing that and behaving that way so prohibitively horrible that that is just shut down. And, and honestly, the fact that that's even allowed. Now, apparently Congress is working on something. I don't have a lot of faith in them, but that is like the lowest of the low. If you know anybody who's involved in you know, in that kind of financialization of the medical system, like disown them, like don't speak to them. That's like the, they're the worst of the worst. I definitely remember the orbits. I, I seem to remember you had another something that you were after, like in the past couple months. Am I making that up? Um, another crusade. Oh, no, it was just very minor. That was just pissed. It wasn't like that. It was that I bought this jacket. I bought this blazer that was nice for 500 euros. And, I had to get like, you know, tailored. I get a bunch of things tailored. So I came back like nine days later because I was in New York and I came back to pick oh, it up. Yes, yes. And when I was back, I saw the exact blazer on sale for 300 euros. So it was like 40%. I mean, that's a lot less. Yeah, that's a lot of money off. So I was like, hey, uh, listen, you know, I'm looking at this. This is a, you know, can we just give me the sale price? They're like, sorry, sir, you can't return it because there's been work done on it. I'm like, I haven't even taken possession of the jacket and it's selling for $200 less. Just give me the, you know, give me the discount. I mean, come on. In the US, they would give you that discount. But in Portugal, it's like, you know, Portugal is much more chill. They're not trying to steal from you all the time, but they're also not a comp, you know, you, the pushing works in the US. The US, it's all just a jungle. You got to fight these people tooth and nail to the death. You got to get every, and I got sick of it, but you got to get every discount you can. Everyone's stealing from you. You got to be super aggressive to get everything back. In Portugal, it's more chill. Like they'll just say no. I was pissed, but that's it. That's the end of it. And, you know, they're not doing any like shady stuff on me. That was just not very good for their business. So they want me to come back, basically, but I probably wasn't going to come back anyway. That's some Larry David shit with the jacket. I love it. Um, all right, man. I mean, dude, you can't just let that slide. It's too, you're going to say something. It's 200 off. I mean, Jesus, it's substantial discount. For sure. All right, man. So we'll talk backstage, but let's come up with a you know, four-in-one week at minimum and, and bounce back here. Yeah, this is we, – we, we cannot get in a hole. We have to be you know, 10 and 6. You know, we got we to gotta have a 15 and 7. We got to be in that kind of situation because this is not acceptable. For sure. All right, man. Good times, Liz. All right, man. Take it easy, Dalton.